What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pals, Pals Phoenix, with YWC Reality Check, and this is your NXT Deadline Preview. Oh, yes. Proper pay-per-view on the weekend. Still in the Performance Center, so not really a pay-per-view. Glad they're not calling it a takeover. Rah, de rah, de rah, de rah. Only five matches, so we are sticking to that takeover thing just a little bit. Uh, a lot of things missing, as we're going to talk about. And I will address the elephant in the room, even though I don't talk about AEW that much anymore, since they fucked over my boy CM Punk. Oh, yes, they did. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, ROH Final Battle is also happening on Saturday during the middle of the day, which is really funny. And I'm going to say this really quickly because I don't want to be angry on an NXT podcast because if I've come up here to talk about NXT, I want to talk about NXT. When people got it backwards, when people thought the NXT show was in the middle of the day and the ROH show was in the evening, there was this thing going around. It's like, oh, well, you know, WWE couldn't exactly counter-program, so they just put on a show earlier in the day so that everybody would be sick of wrestling by the evening. I'm like, first of all... I, I feel like the old lady in that commercial with all the pictures on the wall, you know, that's not how any of this works. Second of all, that got real, real quiet, did it not, when it was found out that it was actually the other way around, and it was the ROH show happening in the middle of the day, and the NXT show happening in the evening. But, not doing a proper pay-per-view review or preview for uh, Final Battle, because I really don't care. Here's things real, real quick. I hope Jericho retains, I hope Joe retains, I hope Athena gets the title off Mercedes Martinez. No offense to Mercedes Martinez, but Athena slash Ember Moon has gone a hell of a long time without getting any recognition in either company. Let's be fair. She teamed up with Shotzi uh, in the tail end of her NXT run, and that was about it as far as the cool shit that they did. She was a former champion. Yes, she was, but she hasn't had anything cool in a long time. And I mean, she went to a company that doesn't really treat their women's division very well, and now she's in that company's little company that doesn't even exist and she's fighting a champion that doesn't really exist in Mercedes Martinez and that's no dig at Mercedes Martinez I would love to see her on my TV but they just don't do it so there's the only things I care about they threw on the dog collar thing at the last minute I know they can't mention the Briscoes on TV for whatever SJW reason but also it was a last minute grab for your attention was it not um, the trios titles is like what is it? It's uh, Dalton Castle and the boys taking on uh, Brian Cage and the other two big guys. Don't really care. Um, Swerve and Our Glory, for no particular reason, are fighting some jobbers that I've never heard of, which is fine. And, yeah, I'm sorry. Chris Jericho is a bigger star than Cesaro. Samoa Joe is better than Juice Robinson. And... With all due respect to Mercedes Martinez, I really want some recognition on Athena. But, again, I say she's female and look at the company she works for. So that aside, I've given it more attention than it deserves. I don't even know if I'm going to watch it on the day, not going to lie, because, you know, COVID's over and the world actually exists. Again, let's talk about... Um, I was going to say something else. Um, let's talk about Deadline. And you guys know the drill. Typically, if there's other things to talk about around a pay-per-view, I'll talk about those first. We are building towards... I haven't done the weekly reviews in the past little while because NXT is a really weird thing. I think I mentioned this on the last episode of WWE last week. NXT is a really weird thing. It's a show 
like not full of things that I like, but show that has definite, definite things that I like, definite characters that I like, couple of stories here and there are fun, but it's so much other stuff to get through the show. And then they weed all that out to give you a pay-per-view that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about. But it means that the slog of doing a weekly NXT review is something that I jumped on thinking it was going to be something a little bit more than it was, and it wasn't, so I might go back to just, if there's anything of note, I'll mention it. Uh, during WWE last week, and then if we go back towards classic black and gold and takeover era NXT, then we can look at that again. New year, gonna think about one or two new things in the process. There was a hiccup in my uh, in my podcast feed over the past couple of days, so if you weren't able to get the most recent episode of WWE last week, please go check that out. I did fix it. I was playing around with some settings in Anchor, and I basically cut you guys off from that episode, which is not cool at all. Now, because I haven't talked about the weekly episodes of NXT, I should talk about the fact that we're definitely, definitely setting up a triple threat match between Wesley, uh, Tony D'Angelo, and uh, Donovan Dijak, or Dijak, or Dominic Dijakovic, or whatever, what was, what was he, T-Bar in Retribution. That's got to happen at some point. And Mandy Rose is dropping her women's championship at some point. That's got to happen at some point. Neither one of those are happening on this show. And when I realized that, and when I realized that these are two things that are definitely happening and we don't know when the next NXT show is, it brought up something that I haven't thought of since last year. And that is the question of, are they doing New Year's Evil this year? Because... Wesley, Tony D'Angelo, and Dijak uh, is going to happen for the North American Championship sooner than later. Uh, unless they're doing an NXT show Royal Rumble weekend, um, which I don't think they are, nothing's been announced, and the next time we know for sure that WWE is giving us an NXT pay-per-view after that is at Stand and Deliver. And the only reason we know about that is because Stand and Deliver tickets are being released as part of the WrestleMania package. So, I have to, with so much of what's going on here, and what I think is going to happen at the Rumble, so much of what I say about, uh, I was going to say tonight's show, this weekend's show, depends on if they're doing a New Year's Evil show, or whether they're just going to do one, one, you know, super hyped up weekly episode of NXT. Because that has to happen somewhere, and I am predicting... I am predicting that both Mandy Rose and Braun Breaker are going to drop their titles before the Royal Rumble. I think Toxic Attraction and Braun Breaker are both going to be in the Royal Rumble. That's my... It's not exactly going out on a limb to say that, but Mandy Rose, and they've already proven it, they've proven it with uh, Solo Sokoa, is they're not going to let people go up to the main roster and carry championships with them. So obviously Mandy Rose has to drop her title, and uh, Braun Breaker has to drop his title. So, as we talk about tonight's show, a lot of what I say is going to be, hey, this, or New Year's Evil, if there's a New Year's Evil. Um, Wesley, Tony D'Angelo, and Donovan Dijak is a definitely interesting story. Wesley winning the championship was the right move, obviously. Uh, I like that they're tying up the loose end of Tony D getting... Uh, getting injured in that qualifying match. That's that's a thread that they maybe in the previous regime would have just let hang. Uh, they're debuting Donovan Dijak at the same time. So you've got a story between Wesley and Tony D'Angelo and it's being interrupted by the reinsurgence of Dijak on NXT. And everybody, I, I, I love the simplicity of the fans on the other side. It's like, oh, 
He's got a jacket and sunglasses. He must be ripping off Kenny Omega. Just, just, I'm going to pull a Walter Matthau quote out of my ass here. Pull your lip over your head and swallow. It'll make the wrestling discourse better. Um, Andy Rose is dropping the title at some point. Yeah, that's, uh, we, we, we know that. That's going to happen. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I'm surprised that they didn't give that title over to Albafire at the time. I'm surprised that that didn't happen. But that did give us the introduction of Ila Dawn, which we're going to talk about in a second. Now, I should start off with what I think is going to be a match that's going to try and be fun and it's going to go just the other side of the line into corny, and that's Pretty Deadly, uh, the Pretty Deadly, because that's what kind of day I'm having. Pretty Deadly defending their NXT, I guess, unified tag team championships now, because they technically uh, amalgamated with the NXT UK belts, but they don't carry them anymore, against The New Day. For reasons. Now, I go back to my initial thought of... Uh, people going to the main roster and carrying NXT titles with them. Kofi Kingston is the first, and as I'm recording this right now on Thursday night, the only person to have declared for the Royal Rumble, which means I don't think New Day are making a detour down to NXT, which would indicate that New Day are just coming down to put Pretty Deadly over. But, like, as much as I have a love-hate relationship with the New Day, because they are great as a unit, they are very entertaining... Kofi Kingston, entertaining as hell, very talented, should not have been WWE Champion. Xavier Woods, incredibly underutilized within the three members of that group, and has been the only one to not get a title shot. Also very strange. So, I have mixed opinions on them. I have a lot of nice things to say about them, and a couple of things where I think people just need to, to rein, in their, rein in their praise a little bit. But I didn't think that they were so Ziggler-fied that they were going to be brought in to do put-over duty for Pretty Deadly on NXT. Because they do have... Like, they don't have a whole lot of tag teams in NXT. They don't do a whole lot of tag team wrestling in WWE, period. But there are some. There's Veer and Sanga. There's the Creed Brothers. And I think that rivalry's been put on pause. The rumor is, actually... Um, I heard this the other day. I didn't plan this, so I'm pulling a memory off the top of my head. Apparently, the injury angle with Julius Creed that they're using to postpone the Creed Brothers versus Veer and Sanga is actually because they don't want to put Veer and Sanga in a match because Veer has a minor injury and they need them for an India show in like January or February so they're being super careful with Veer and Sangha so to avoid having that match they've thrown an injury angle on the other guys if that's true because this is just, you know, bits and bobs and headlines and whispers, right? I do not claim to be a news broadcaster by any stretch of the imagination if that's true that's really strange, because yes, obviously you want to postpone the match, obviously to postpone the match and have both teams look strong, somebody has to be injured, you don't want the guys that you need for your India show that you want to be, you know, super big and super strong to be the ones kayfabe injured, but it means that the Creed brothers, who are athletically fucking awesome and succeeding as a tag team, even amongst all the storyline debacle that is the, uh, the Diamond Mine, and you've put an injury angle on somebody that's totally fine and could be doing something else. You could have put the Creed Brothers in with Pretty Deadly, and that would have been a decent match. I have no doubt, getting back to the point, I have no doubt that this is going to be a fun match. It is another one of those ones where they've done 
uh, main roster integration at the last minute, which is a bit strange. Now, if the New Day had come in and the New Day had, you know, done a couple odd jobs here and there, like if Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods were hanging out with Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen and trying to help them get Fallon Henley's bar back and they'd all been, you know, interacting for a bit. No, they put this on the go-home show. They popped up and said, yeah, yeah, we fancy a, a title match on Saturday. Um... It's not great. It'll be good. It'll be good for Pretty Deadly regardless. There's a weird level of interest. And shoot me for this, right? Because I know I'm talking about things that aren't happening now. Would it not, for a week or two at least, be kind of cool? And this is where I'm going to give credit to the New Day. New Day versus the Usos is the best tag team feud in modern WWE. Modern WWE, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm underlining modern WWE. You go back to the TLC uh, rivalries of old, and we can have all kinds of discussions about that. But the modern day tag team feud, um, you've got, you know, the New Day versus X, X team, or you've got the Usos versus X team. Um, but then when these two teams come back together, they are the... They are the match, which is weird because one of them is a team of three and they've rotated out through the course of that feud. Now, when you see that the Usos just broke the New Day's record, when you see that the Usos are on this record-breaking tag team run, when you see that the Usos have the unified WWE Tag Team Championships and are part of the biggest story in wrestling right now, it would be kind of cool if New Day could come to SmackDown with the NXT belts. And no, I'm, I'm not saying this is all t automatically going to elevate the NXT titles, but it would be kind of cool to see them dangle those in front of the Usos and say, yeah, you've done a lot, but you've never done this. Because the Usos were never... I mean, Kofi Kingston wasn't either. Xavier Woods was in there for a cup of coffee. The Usos were never in NXT. And because they've already they existed before NXT, right, right, right. There's reasons and all that kind of thing. But it would be a really cool storyline hook to have the New Day versus the Usos, based on the fact that the New Day become the NXT Tag Team Champions. And even though they're not as highly prestigious or valuable or whatever, it is the one thing that they can now hold over the Usos' head. That is a very cool story that they are definitely, definitely not going to tell. I really do think the New Day are brought in to, um, to put over Pretty Deadly. New Day have their own brand of humor. Pretty Deadly have their very... Uh, let's just say to be nice, flamboyant brand of heel humor. The match will be great. Pretty deadly in the ring, as obnoxious as they are, and intentionally obnoxious, because they are heels. It's obnoxious, I can speak, I swear, because they are heels. Uh, I think this could blend really well. I think this could be a really fun match, but I don't expect anything that I can take seriously. It is cool of the New Day to sort of come down a level and, and do it. I don't know whether... Who knows? Maybe they went to Triple H and said, hey, we're not doing much else right now. Why don't you let us do a do a bop in NXT? Maybe they stay there for, like, a couple of months. But again, Kofi Kingston has already declared for the Royal Rumble, so that throws it all into disarray, does it not? Um, I think New Day are there to put pretty deadly over. I'm going to caveat that with... If the New Day win the NXT Tag Team Championships, that's going to be fucking wild. That will be the story of the weekend. That will be the story of the weekend. Um, 
Next up, no titles on the line, no nothing, no number one contendership on the line either, surprisingly. Uh, and it's Elodon versus Alba Fire. Now, yes, we don't like the spooky stuff. How dare they do the spooky stuff? Because we've decided the spooky stuff is bad, and they're doing it anyway. Yeah, because the whole world doesn't revolve around you. Moving on, you've got the 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 chick that does the witchcraft over here, and you got the Kaylee Ray that decided to become a fire goddess over here. Give me that shit every day of the week. Alba Fire or Kaylee Ray, whatever you want to call her, is awesome. Everybody right now that does pay attention to NXT knows that she should be the NXT champion right now. She should be the NXT champion so that Mandy Rose and the package that is uh, Toxic Attraction can have a tryout properly on the main roster. She should be the champion right now. She's not the champion because of Ila Dawn. Ila Dawn is a brand new face on this version of NXT. I liked Ila Dawn. In NXT UK, the brief periods of time that I was covering NXT UK, she's spooky shit, she's right up my street, she's going to do all the campy supernatural shit that pisses off all the right people. This is going to be a fun... She destroyed Thea Hale on NXT this week. Thea Hale, love her too. She needs to switch to decaf. It's all good. Um, I really don't know what you do here. Apparently, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that they do have Alba Fire in mind for that championship eventually, but it's also becoming clear to me that that time isn't right now. So before she becomes a champion, I know people hate this logic, before she becomes a champion, she can be the strong put-over person. So that when she becomes the actual champion, the people that she put over are now her potential contenders. And then you build rivalries. You build rivalries for, as you go forward, you leave a trail of rivals behind you so that when you become champion, now you have a bunch of already existing stories, already existing rivalries on your plate. I really think, even though I think Alba Fire is better overall, because I haven't seen as much of Isla Dawn, Alba Fire is the better wrestler. I'm not casting any dispersions here. Isla Dawn just debuted. She's doing the Funky Mist stuff. Like I say, she's doing all the spooky wookie dooby dooby doo stuff that pisses all the right people off. I'm going with Isla Dawn on this. Now, because Alba Fire has been considered the number one contender more than once at this point, is this going to put Isla Dawn in direct contention with Mandy Rose? Is it going to come out that Mandy Rose arranged for Isla Dawn to come out and interrupt that hardcore match with the idea that she was going to get a title shot anyway? Lots of cool uh, storyline stuff you can do right there. You do have to contend with the fact that Mandy Rose and Isla Dawn are both heels, and people are going to bitch about that, but it can work. I always go back to Ric Flair in his prime versus Eddie Guerrero in his prime. Um, you know, lie, cheat, and steal, dirtiest player in the game. Those two facing each other, would you say no? No, you wouldn't, unless you're a liar. Moving swiftly on, and it, I'm going to go on to the title match. Because here's the thing that I'm going to say. This is where the... Um, oh, by the way, Isla Dawn or Alba Fire, if that does work its way into the number one contendership for the Women's Championship, it's going to happen at New Year's Evil. If we're getting a New Year's Evil. Breaker versus Apollo. This will be good. The story to get here has been strange. Um, Apollo Crews is hanging out in a diner, and then Braun Breaker is hanging out on the lake doing some fishing. They're both doing their own thing, and then they've both visited other people in their places. Apollo Crews looks like he's gradually pulling away from the guy that can see the future and makes other people's eyes bleed, which is probably good, because that, did, that didn't work did it and that's not a world title uh scenario is it um they have they've booked this as you know progressively 
mutual respect babyface to babyface as they can while still saying, hey, I respect you, you respect me, you've done some great things, I've done some great things, but I'm going to win on Saturday. They've done a bunch of that over the past couple of weeks. I think athletically, this match is going to be insane. Now, I do think Apollo... Here, here, here's where, here's where it gets tricky. By the time, and because it's not an NXT event, uh, the Royal Rumble is not an NXT event. By the time we get to the Royal Rumble, Apollo Cruz is going to be champion. Now, I don't know whether that happens on Saturday. I don't know whether that happens at New Year's Evil if there's a New Year's Evil, and I don't know whether Apollo wins this Saturday and then wins a rematch at New Year's Evil, if there's a New Year's Evil. But my prediction for this Saturday is not a prediction for this Saturday. My prediction is that by the Royal Rumble, Braun Breaker will not have that championship anymore. If he loses on Saturday and asks Apollo Crews for one more rematch, or he gets his automatic rematch clause, whatever, and solidifies Apollo Crews, as the new champion at New Year's Evil, if there's a New Year's Evil, then cool. If he beats, or sorry, if Apollo beats him uh, this Saturday and that's it, cool. If Breaker wins now, I don't know what they do because that means he's going to drop the NXT Championship on a random episode of NXT, which isn't so great. It'll probably still be to Apollo Crews. Um, so here's, this is where not knowing if there's another event in the interim because it's not they're not going to wait till stand and deliver because they've already proven that they're not going to let stuff carry over. Um it's it's going to be like I say, I'm going to get repetitive here. It's going to be an insanely athletic match. I mean, you got the 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 Steiner offspring versus Apollo Crews who's always been ridiculously underrated, ridiculously underused, whatever words you want to use. The problem with this is, the problem with the mentality of this, or the problem with at least my reception of this, is Apollo winning the NXT Championship isn't... How can I say this? Apollo winning the NXT Championship isn't to elevate Apollo. Apollo winning the NXT Championship is to elevate Braun Breaker because that's going to be his swan song over to the main roster. And I, ultimately, I will say... Uh, when we get to the Royal Rumble, and I'm fully predicting it, and if we get past the Royal Rumble and I'm wrong, then I'm just wrong. But I think Breaker is going to be the guy in the Royal Rumble that gets, like, a quick spree. Like, they'll fill it up with, like, eight or ten people, and he'll come in and on his introduction and toss, like, seven or eight people in his first couple of minutes in the Rumble. Mandy Rose... I think we'll also do the same thing in the Women's Royal Rumble in a very different way. I think she'll make her entrance into the Royal Rumble and just have Toxic Attraction with her. Um, if you remember, it was either the Nexus or the Core did that at a Royal Rumble where they just sort of came down and they eliminated everybody because one of them was participating in the match. I don't remember entirely, or it might have been the Nexus and the Core, I don't remember entirely, but something like that because... Mandy Rose has proven that she can be a champion. On the minor show, yeah. But to all the people out there that are upset that Dana Brooke gets anything, that are upset that 
Lacey Evans gets anything, that are upset that, oh my god, Alexa Bliss won a match on Raw this week, that are upset that Charlotte Flair, oh my god, is coming back at all, are definitely going to be upset when Mandy Rose goes back to the main roster and kills it because she came down to the minor show. And yes, I'm the NXT guy, but NXT is the minor show. She came back and became the figurehead of that division. Not necessarily the best wrestler, not saying that, but she became the figurehead of that. And if she comes in uh, to the Royal Rumble, then yeah, she is a believable person to go up against somebody at some point. Not right now. Obviously, they're not going to have her beat Bianca Belair because, oh my God, nobody's allowed to beat Bianca Belair. Different story for a different day. But if Mandy Rose comes with backup, immediately the people that don't like her are like, oh, of course she's going to do that, even though you've just been worked. Congratulations. I think her coming down with her cronies and Toxic Attraction with her as a unit into the Royal Rumble would be a really cool thing. I think there's potential for both of them, Breaker and Mandy Rose, to have insane Royal Rumble introduction for Braun Breaker, reintroduction for Mandy Rose, and hopefully, at some point in the Rumble, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville come face-to-face, -face. either she works with Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction and they fuck up a bunch of people, or they revisit their rivalry from ages ago before horrible, horrible shit happened to Sonya Deville and she had to go away for a while. Lots and lots of cool opportunities. But Triple H doesn't book the women. You're watching Tony Khan. Fuck off. Anyways, now that leaves us with the Iron Survivor Challenges, plural, because there's two, obviously. Now, let's go over the rules because... People seem to be confused about, oh my god, it's so, it's so confusing about the rules, oh my god, how can we possibly take a, take a new match type, I mean, but, but, oh my god, never mind, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it with these people. Five superstars are going to compete in a 25 minute match, two will begin with another entering every five minutes, every pinfall or submission earns a superstar one point, if you are pinned you spend 90 seconds in the penalty box, the superstar with the most points at the end of the match is the winner. Now, I love this concept. The, the penalty box aspect of it just makes me laugh because obviously King of the Mountain is a thing. But it's mini Royal Rumble, it's mini Iron Man match, but it does, it addresses, it addresses a flaw in the Royal Rumble that I don't think anybody ever talks about, right? Because if you're number one in the Rumble, you're fucked. Pretty much. If you're number 30 in the Rumble, you're pretty much golden. Like, the the level of advantage as you go through accelerates accordingly, right? Here, it's different. Here, and, it, and it's different from the, uh, from War Games as well, because nobody can score a pinfall in War Games until everybody's in the match. The person that starts the match has the most opportunity to collect points. The person at the end of the match is the freshest person at the end of the match. So in this case, in this, you know, incremental time-based type of match, there's an advantage at both ends. And I can't think there's somebody out there that will tell me. There's somebody out there that will tell me, oh, MLW did a reverse count your clock, uh, pins are submissions and submissions are pins match or something like that. But there's nothing in, and I will say mainstream, like NXT, WWE, AEW, anything like that, where both ends of the scale have a different advantage at a different time. Because the person that comes in first 
can score a fuck ton of victories before the third person is even in the ring, which is an advantage. The person coming in at the end can just sweep through all the other tired people and pick up a bunch of pins, but they've got less time to do so. I, I think that's the most balanced... Um, sorry, that's the most balanced example of trying to balance out two different advantages that I've seen in a modern, like, in the past ten years, brand new concept of a match. Now, we've never seen it happen. It could be a dog's breakfast, or it could be awesome. So let's talk about the people involved. Um, in the men's, you've got Carmelo Hayes, Joe Gacy, J.D. McDonough, Grayson Waller, and Axie. Oh, and I should say, both of them are getting shots at the men's and women's championships, respectfully. So again, putting aside the Iladon and Alba Fire uh, match that's happening, which could be, have title implications, you could just simply have the Iron Survivor versus Braun Breaker and the Iron Survivor versus Mandy Rose at New Year's Evil. If they're doing New Year's Evil, <laughs> I told you, all of this pay-per-view, to me right now, I don't know if anybody else is going to agree with me on this, all the predictions that I'm making right now, all the opinions that I have right now, all the forward-thinking, fantasy-booking parts of my brain right now are all with the caveat of if there's no, if they're doing New Year's Evil. So I hope that makes sense to you guys, and if you guys are thinking something different, then cool. Throw it down in the box below, throw it over on Twitter, you guys know the drill. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, Joe Gacy, JD McDonough, Grayson Waller, and Axiom. So as far as somebody who's going to face either Braun Breaker or... Uh, Apollo Crews, uh, either one of them versus Carmelo Hayes, fucking money. Joe Gacy has already kind of been there, and Joe Gacy versus Apollo Crews would be kind of weird. I think he's going to, at some point, obviously, he's going to uh, involve this schism, um, but who knows to what effect. I mean, we know for a fact that, uh, that, um, oh, what's her name? Ava Rain, Rock's daughter. Uh, is going to be there because she's the Rock's daughter, and that's fine, and NXT wants to say, hey, we've got the Rock's daughter. Um, J.D. McDonough would be a really cool winner. I like J.D. McDonough, or Jordan Devlin, uh, as he was previously known. Uh, problem with that, especially for a brand new, like starting off the new year hot with a new contender, is that he's already been in the title situation more than once. Grayson Waller, Definitely. Grayson Waller versus either Braun Breaker or Apollo Crews would be great. Axiom, I don't think so, man. Guy's a fantastic athlete. The uh, the the series of matches that he had with Nathan, Nathan Frazier were fucking great. If we still had the Cruiserweight uh, Championship, I would put it on him right now. Um, get a couple other people up to the main roster, and I would put him in contention for the North American Championship as well. Axiom versus Wesley. Come on, tell me you're not going to do that. But right now, him versus Braun Breaker, it would kind of be Braun Breaker sort of ruffling his hair a little bit and then spearing him into his next life. So, realistically, take Gacy out of the equation, take JD out of the equation, take Ax Axiom out of the equation. It's For me, it's down to Carmelo and Waller. And why do I say that? Because if this was not an Iron Survivor Challenge and this was just a number one contender's match, what's the match I would want to see? I would want to see Carmelo versus Waller. Out of the two of them, I would say Waller, because Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams have to be going to the main roster soon. They have to be going to the main roster soon. There's nothing... There's been so many opportunities for him to just bow out and and go up. He could have... 
if they had taken the North American Championship to SmackDown and left it on SmackDown on Solo Sokoa, he and Solo Sokoa could have been brought up to the main roster at the same time and continued their feud on SmackDown. I mean, Carmelo Hayes is technically a heel, but enough people love him that he could play situational babyface against the bloodline. And if it's just Trick and Carmelo versus all five members of the bloodline, then what do you get? You get him versus Solo. You get him versus Jay. You get him versus Jimmy. You get him versus Sami Zayn, which would be fucking amazing. And then you get a very, very valiant losing effort in, say, a year from now, where Roman Reigns, as a joke, as a, as a gift to himself, decides that he's going to take on Carmelo Hayes. And unbeknownst to him, actually runs him close. You could do a hundred things with that. And in the meantime, you could have them feud with the Usos for those ch tag team championships as well. Or, when uh, most people consider the fact that uh, Sami Zayn's probably going to turn, join Kevin Owens, and take those titles, can you imagine next year, we're deep into next year now, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams taking on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the unified WWE Tag Team Championships, which hopefully, by that point, will be one belt on a black strap, but keep the helmets, because I like the helmets, fuck off. Waller is my prediction for that. By the way, went off on a little tangent there. Because here's the thing. Joe Gacy's going to go on and do group stuff after this match. J.D. McDonough, probably... I would love to see J.D. McDonough go after Wesley in the North American Championship as well. Waller as a legit contender for the world title. Waller versus Apollo would be really good if they don't go back to the eye stuff. And like I say, Axiom... Axiom is just somebody that I want to see take on Wesley because they'll set the ring on fire. That's fine. Switching over to the women's match now, you've got a lot. Okay, first of all, Kiana James is in this match, and I don't care. I would rather it have been the other way around. I would rather they put Fallon Henley in this match because at least Fallon Henley's fun. But realistically, you got Zoe Stark, Cora uh, Jade, Roxanne Perez, Indy Hartwell, and Kiana James. Zoe Stark just turned heel. So now... Now she has to do something, right? Everybody always says, like, if you turn heel, uh, if you try and try and try as a babyface and you don't get anywhere and you don't get anywhere and you don't get anywhere, and you turn heel and through your new heely scheming ways, you get, say, the Intercontinental Championship if you're a dude, then your heel turn meant something. If she doesn't do it, if she doesn't win this, and she doesn't get herself in a title picture, and all she does is get herself into a never-ending feud with Nikita Lyons, then your heel turn didn't get you anywhere, it just turned you into a bitch for a bit. Now, Zoe Stark, as a, as a bitchy, like, I'm just gonna come and scrap with you and you're not gonna have a fucking good time, that works, but they have to show that that working means something. Like, the fact that it works has to work, if that makes sense. Cora Jade... I fucking love Cora Jade when uh, when she was out there as the the like she was still punky but she, like she was doing the the skateboard stuff which didn't exactly work because she didn't ride the skateboard. Um, it was fine, but then she got a bit of an attitude. She got a little bit full of herself. She's like the kid on the show, other than uh, what's her name, Wendy Chu, who's literally coming down to the ring in her pajamas. But we don't need to talk about that right now. She is. If she's not, she's at least portrayed as being like the young, immature kid of the women's division that thinks she's more than she is and she's going to get her comeuppance when she comes up against somebody that can give her her comeuppance. 
And she's very good at that, but that works way better as a heel because then she can just basically be a brat. And I don't mean that against the performer that's playing the character. I'm saying if that's what she's doing, she's doing it very well. And the match that she had with, uh, what was it, Raquel? Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, she is now, was good. It wasn't as good as Roxanne Perez versus uh, fucking Rhea Ripley because that was, that was good. That was the pin. I made I made the picture of the pin into the thumbnail and everybody's like, oh, you're being a whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a funny picture. What do you want from my life? Which brings us to Roxanne Perez. Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, I'm afraid in this match are just going to take each other out, which is kind of unfortunate. Keanu James shouldn't be in this match. It should be Fallon Henley because people like Fallon Henley. The whole, the group of Fallon Henley and Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen are just a fun group. I don't think that they're there to take over the world, at least not right now, but they're a fun group, and it works. It, like, sometimes something just has to work. It doesn't have to be blow away. It doesn't have to be five starters in the Tokyo Dome, brother. Sometimes something can be fun and work, and that's all it needs to do right now. Brooks Jensen, Josh Briggs, Keon, and um, Fallon Henley, they just work. Now, the whole stupid story where Keanu James is trying to steal her family's bar and whatever, and it's a bit of a soap opera... Could do without that, not gonna lie. Keanu James is not that bad in the ring, the guys are not that bad in the ring. As a package, they're great. Um, I think you could move them up as a package uh, to the main roster as well, but if they don't do that right now, then that's absolutely fine. Indy Hartwell is sort of pulling this... I'm not quite turning heel, but I am becoming that person that doesn't trust anybody and, you know, thinks that friends aren't important and I'm gonna be all, like aggressively sulky into myself and it's paying off because she's actually getting some wins now she came out at around halloween time with the scream ring gear which i thought was really cool i would love for her to come super close and lose by like one point if this match opened the show because i've been saying this right now candice LeRae just came back to raw johnny gargano's kind of in this weird goofy uh, sort of three-way feud with Dexter Loomis and The Miz. Candice LeRae's there. Ciampa's not quite back yet. Apparently he's injured, so that's fine. But if she comes so close and just fails... By the way, I'm predicting it's either going to be Zoe Stark or Roxanne Perez. Roxanne Perez ultimately has a beeline towards Mandy Rose at some point. This might be how she gets there. That's, that's a foregone conclusion at this point. But it would be really cool. I don't think this is going to be the last match of the night, so make it the first match of the night. If... If Indy is in the lead, and if and then she becomes tied with somebody, and then at like the last minute, Roxanne Perez gets the last pin she needs to just edge out Indy Hartwell, and Indy Hartwell just one more time just couldn't quite get it, is just sitting in the ring. Alright, so for once it wasn't my battery, for once it was actually my memory card that was full, but I'm going to recreate the scenario that I was talking about in my head, because I don't quite know where it cut off. What I was about to say, Indy Hartwell comes really, really close. She just gets edged out by Roxanne Perez. Roxanne Perez is happy and wonderful as she goes off to think about facing Mandy Rose. And then you hear Rebel Heart, and out comes Johnny Gargano onto the rampway. Out comes Candice LeRae onto the rampway. Out comes Dexter Loomis onto the rampway. It doesn't quite work for the way, but out comes Tommaso Ciampa in his neck brace or whatever he's dealing with right now. And they look back, they look back, and Johnny Gargano shakes his head and whatever, and he drags out Austin Theory and the way are standing on the ramp way and they call her up the ramp and they toss her a red shirt and we know what it means.
that would be a really cool way to end that match. Because I don't think Indy Hartwell's going to win, because I don't think they're going to put the Women's Championship on Indy Hartwell. But Indy Hartwell can be a part of a tag team. She has been part of a tag team. That tag team was with Candice LeRae. And if they come to the main roster and the way pick up the women's tag team champions, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And then you've got this really weird, bizarre family all back together. Um, you know, we're, and it, yes, it is weird. Where Johnny and Candace are the, the mom and the dad and Austin and, and Indy are the brother and sister. And, you know, Dexter is Dexter. Cause we made index a thing. Um, but yeah, Roxanne Perez is going to win. Uh, that's my prediction anyway, because they've been sort of telegraphing that like once she can get all her personal rivalries out of the way, a.k.a. Cora Jade, who's awesome, um, that the next thing she was going to do was going to get herself some gold because she had some gold, and her gold partner literally was the one that turned on her, and then they lost the championship. So I need to get another title. Obviously, I can't do it with a partner. Obviously, there's only one other title for me to go for. Obviously, Mandy Rose. So, here's the deal. Here's what I've set up for us. Here is what I have set up for us. Roxanne Perez wins the women's Iron Survivor match. The men's Iron Survivor match goes to Grayson Waller. Um, Breaker, at some point, between now and the Rumble, drops the title to Apollo. Isla Dawn should beat Alba Fire just because New Day is not going to beat Pretty Deadly, but they should, because uh, it would be really, really funny. At some point, where Mandy Rose is going to drop her title, Breaker and Toxic Attraction are going to go into the Royal Rumble, and at some point, although it's not mentioned on this card at all, unless they add it last minute, because I'm recording this on a Thursday, all cards on the table, Wesley, Tony D, and Dijak are going to fight over that North American Championship at some point. Hopefully Wesley wins, and I get that match that I want between Wesley and Axiom, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, this has been Deadline. I gave you a couple of my thoughts on Final Battle at the beginning there. If you're listening to this from the back, which doesn't make any sense, I don't know why I said that. But, um, yeah, that's it. It's a weird show. It's a weird show that only has one title match. Or, no, sorry, two title matches on it. There's the tag titles, there's the men's title, there's no North American Championship title on there. There's no there's no Mandy Rose defending her women's championship, but there's two there's one okay, there's one match that's definitely a number one contenders match, and one match that definitely could be considered a number one contenders match. So it's still got more women's action than most AEW programs. Does it not? Yes, I had to do that because that's how petty they are. Oh yes. I'm going to say something right now. If you want to know how petty AEW are and how much WWE is living in their heads rent-free, go check out the MJF promo from this week's AEW Dynamite. Not saying MJF's a bad guy, but holy crap. Anyways, I'm going to go before I get myself canceled by the wrestling community. <laughs> Uh, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, tagging out, guys. See you later.